Hi, this is Pastor Daniel Bracken. You're listening to Kings Alaska podcast. I hope the word encourages you and you get a touch from God that brings transformation and equips you to experience life with people, power, and purpose. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy the word. Luke 19 and find verse 28. Luke 19 and 28. We'll read through verse 44, Lord willing. Are you ready? Reading from the New King James Version. New King James. When he had said this, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem, and it came to pass when he drew near Bethpage and Bethany at the mountain called Olivet that he sent two of his disciples saying, go into the village opposite you. Where you enter, you will find a colt tied on which no one has ever sat. Loose it and bring it here. Would you say that? Loose it and bring it here. Verse 31. And if anyone asks you, why are you loosing it? Thus you shall say to him, because the Lord has need of it. I think we should say that also. Because the Lord has need of it. So those who were sent went their way and found it just as it he had said to them. But as they were loosing the colt, the owners said to them, why are you loosing the colt? And they said to him, the Lord has need of him. Then they brought him to Jesus and they threw their clothes on the colt and set Jesus on him. And as he went, many spread their clothes on the road. Then as he was drawing near to the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice. With what kind of a voice? A loud voice. For all the mighty works they had seen, saying, Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. They quote Psalm 118, verse 26. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees called to him from the crowd and said, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. But he answered and said to them, I tell you, if those should keep silent, the stones would immediately cry out. And as he drew near, he saw the city and wept over it, verse 42, saying, if you had known, even you, especially in this your day, the things which make for your peace, but they're now hidden from your eyes, for the days will come upon you when your enemy will build an embankment around you, surround you, and close you in on every side, and level you and your children within you to the ground. Will not leave one stone upon another because you did not know the time of your visitation. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your presence here. And in the moments that remain, I pray that you would move with great power. I pray in the moments that remain that you would come with your own finger and write on the tablets of our heart. Would you ask God to speak to you as they start my clock? Father, thank you. Move in power, in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. If you'll also go to the book of Daniel now, and I'm gonna come on down and you're gonna reset my clock for 20 minutes if you would, appreciate that. Go to the book of Daniel chapter nine. Just gonna preach to you for 20 minutes, otherwise we have a log jam of untold proportions all over the place, and I need to be sensitive to that. Tonight we'll be flowing in the Holy Ghost and having a great service, so I hope that you'll be here tonight as well, as well as Wednesday. Sunday mornings I preach and teach 
mostly expository messages with a thematic approach and uh, do what I felt the Lord told me to do years ago, which is to pastor in the midst of revival. So uh, on Sunday night and Wednesday night, we flow in the gifts of the Spirit and spend a little bit more time in worship, lay hands on folks. Daniel 9. Are you all there? Daniel chapter 9. Let me read this to you. Verse 25. I believe they're going to put that up on the screen, please. Daniel 9. Thank you so much. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the command to restore to build Jerusalem. Stop. From when? From the going forth of the command to restore Jerusalem. Now, I've taught this so many times before, and the reason I do it just about every single Palm Sunday, because it's absolutely mind-blowing if you could come to understand actually what takes place at the record here of Luke, and really it's in all four Gospels, Jesus coming in, it's a triumphant uh, ascent onto, onto Jerusalem that Jesus makes. It is a prophetic act that's so profound that it is mind-boggling for scholars. Now, I've had people say, well, man wrote the word. Yeah, man wrote it under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. You can still see their personality. You can still see, uh, you can still see the uniqueness of the man, but the, the word of God comes through them. And really, how do you know what's the word of God? Well, it's, uh, it's canonicity. There's three tests for canonicity, Pastor Karen. Yes. yes. How many of you know the three tests for canonicity? I need to move on. But not every book, if they found a letter right now and it was from the Apostle Paul, would it go into the Bible? The answer is no. It's closed. But what's fascinating to me, and that's a whole other message, and if you're interested on textual criticism and why the Word of God is the Word of God, then there's lots of books to read and lots of things that you can understand. But man wrote the Bible under the inspiration clearly of the Holy Spirit. And there's so much of the fingerprint and the impossibility of God in it. There's no way that man orchestrated this thing. Now, Daniel chapter 9, for which we have a section uh, of that, uh, the book of Daniel from the Dead Sea Scrolls. And then the Dead Sea Scrolls predate the birth of Jesus. So that's important to note. Everybody say they predate the birth of Jesus. In other words, they're before Jesus ever came, the Dead Sea Scrolls were written, and they found those in some cave. And it was absolutely a, a miracle discovery proving the word of God for those that needed the, the proof. And in Daniel 9, he prophesies that from the going forth of the command to restore to build Jerusalem. What, what command to restore to build Jerusalem? the command to restore to build Jerusalem that's found in the book of Nehemiah chapter 2. So Daniel, Daniel prophesies, he gets revelation from an angel, and he prophesies this crazy word that from the time that decree, from the time that, moment, that, that command is given, start your time clock. And so he then goes on to say, until the Messiah, the prince, shall be seven weeks and 62 weeks, and the streets shall be built again, and the wall, and even in troubled times. That seven weeks and 62 weeks, it'd take me too long to break it all down, and I'd have to get you to have pen and paper and put it up on a thing, but understand that that represents a time frame. When you figure out, oh, this is so good. We know when the, we know when the decree was given. We have... Evidence from history when the decree was given in the book of Nehemiah chapter 2. We have 
evidence outside of the word of God if you need that. Josephus writes about it. Others write about it. There's a, there's a clear time frame. When you do the math and you figure out from the start of that time period all the way to the end, it's talking about the Messiah riding in to Jerusalem. It is amazing. Let me give it to you. 490 years. So from the book of Nehemiah chapter 2, when the decree to rebuild Jerusalem is given, 490 years. So Artaxerxes, I'm sure I'd mispronounced that, gave the decree March 28th, 445 BC. Count from that date, 490 years. And you end up with April 6, 32 AD. Josephus writes that on April 6, now it's... So that's a different calendar. We're in the great... Yeah, I know where... Stop it. <laughs> Jewish calendar on that date is when Jesus rode in on a donkey. It is unmistakable, and you have to have more faith and be stubborn, stiff-necked, and stupid to think that God didn't write this book. Oh, no, he wrote it. And he talked about when the Messiah would write, would write in. And here, here in Luke 19, we're reading about that. April 6, date equivalent, AD 32, Jesus rides in on the donkey. That is the date that he rode in. Wow. So what's so significant about that? Well, there's a lot of things. First of all, in our text here, as we look at this, the fulfillment of the, the donkey comes from Zach. Turn to Zechariah 9. Zach, Zechariah 9. Zechariah 9 prophesies about the ruler, prophesies about the Messiah riding in on a colt. If you have a King James, it's another word that's used. So here's Jesus in this moment of time that is exactly, he says, this day, if you'd only known this day, and I'll get to that in a moment, is an exact moment in time, God outside of time, orchestrated everything together so that his son, fully God, fully man, the Messiah, would ride in fulfilling Zechariah 9. The, the statistical odds of that taking place are they're, they're one in a million. It's way beyond one in a billion. It's statistically impossible. And yet... It happens. Zechariah 9, it talks about him riding in on, the, on a donkey. And so Jesus comes to this place and he knows, come on, he's God, he knows everything. And he knows this is the day. He knows this is a moment. He knows this is the day. And he's like, well, I guess it's time to fulfill Zechariah 9. And so he says to two of his disciples, hey, go get the donkey. And he fulfills the word. And he, and he gives them an answer. He has, a, he has this prophetic word. He has a word of knowledge. I don't know how all that works, but it's amazing. And he sends him out to go get the donkey. You know what's fascinating to me? Has anybody ever uh, ridden horses? All right, have you ever have you ever ridden a green horse? Uh, oh, the green broke. Green broke's dangerous. Green's really dangerous. You're not going to stay on a green horse. You're going to get bucked. Do you know that donkeys? Or like worse? Do you know donkeys can beat the fool out of mountain lions and stuff? You know, donkeys are like, they're mean, man. And they're, they're very protective. And, and they, they actually have donkeys that'll protect uh, different animals and 
They'll, they'll take down lions and they're, they're crazy. You can see, you go look on YouTube with all that stuff. You see lions just beat, you, pardon me, you see donkeys beating up a lion, mountain lions, biting the back of its neck and kicking, and they're just crazy. They're crazy. Some of you are just like that. So what's amazing to me is he sends two disciples to fulfill Zechariah 9. And it's fascinating to me that that God used them to fulfill the prophetic word. I'm going to tell you today in the, in the moments that remain, God wants to use you to fulfill the prophetic word spoken over Alaska, Massachusetts, Dillingham, wherever you are. God wants to use you to fulfill his plan in the earth. God's plan is a man. God's plan is mankind. And he uses us to... He used, we feel insignificant, but, but you don't understand this. You are not insignificant. I want you to say that. Say, I am. Say, say, you know that's right. Turn, turn to your neighbor and say, you know that's right. I'm not insignificant. Oh, no. I, God's got a plan. Say it. God's got a plan for me. Come on, say God's got a purpose for me. And the other beautiful thing that I've said at other, other Palm Sundays is that you never hear of, the, of this cult freaking out. He doesn't buck. You don't hear him. Ah, he he's not mule kicking. There's, there's none of that. There's peace. God can take your... He can, he can give you peace. I said, God can give you peace. Some of you act like a, and he can give you peace. Donkey. Give me back my, my cousin needs Jesus. He's, he's a donkey. Yeah, he probably is, but you were too. And look what God did for you. He can bring, he can bring order to your life. He can bring order to your life. He can bring peace in the storm. Who is he that even the wind and the waves obey him? Come on. It's fascinating when you see when they capture the ark in the Old Testament and then the Philistines get hemorrhoids and all kinds of problems break out. It's horrible. You know what? What do you do when you capture God? It's not good. And then they, they send the ark back. And when they send the ark back on this cart with these animals pulling These two, uh, I don't know if they're oxen, but they had just given birth. And they send, you go and look at this, they they send the ark over the hill and the babies don't cry. The calves don't bay. Has anybody ever heard a, a baying calf that's lost its mother? Good luck. Who cares? It's not going to stop. I mean, they just, anybody know what I'm talking about? Is that, is that a good, is that a good, did I get that right? Close. Close. <laughs> they keep crying. They keep crying. They don't, sh- am I right? You used to be a dairyman, right? Am I right? When, the, when a, a, a calf wants his mother, it's just losing its mind. When a baby wants his mother, any, it's nonstop. It does not let up. It's not going to stop until it's dead. Mom, mom, mom. But not in that case, because as the Ark of the Covenant goes over, they were totally silent. Peace. God can bring peace to your life. The key is getting the Ark in your heart, getting Jesus in your heart. The key is, the key is obeying him and fulfilling his plan. So it's amazing. Really, truly, it is. And you'll, you'll see that uh, in John 12, now this is told in four different, the four different gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But in John 12, that's a traditional Palm Sunday text. And that's where, this is your moment. The 
We tried to get these for everybody. We've been able to pull it off at other times, but there was a supply chain problem. God's sake. I thought, Lord, I really wanted to preach with a palm in my hand. He's like, well, go get one from the Catholic Church. I said, okay. I did. I went over there. I walked in, and it was just packed, and everybody was so quiet. I was like, I just want to give an offering and take a... This lady says, do you want one? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> I don't mean any disrespect, but... And like I said, I went to give an offering. I wasn't able to, and I will go back. I didn't steal it. I feel like it's not right to go there and take one of their palms and use it as an illustration in my church. Anyway, I'm going to go and give an offering and just... Pray for it. I'm gonna pay for it. Amen. I'm gonna bless it. But this picture here, <laughs> Lord, if that was wrong, would you forgive me? Okay. This picture in John 12, where they're 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 weighing these palm branches, is a picture of revolution. It comes from the Maccabean War, and it's a picture of national uh, revival. But also in John 12, as well as here, it's a picture of what real worship is. See, real worship isn't being quiet and somber or reverence. Reverence doesn't mean you're quiet. Reverence is you're, you're tuned in and your heart's moved with what the Spirit of, Spirit of God is doing and you're doing what he wants you to do. There are times to be quiet and there's times to shout. There's times to clap your hands. There, there, there's times, somebody said to me, you know, it's just a little bit too loud. You guys are a little bit extra there at King's. Well, this is seriously extra. Look at this. Loud voicing, loud voices clapping, and they're waving, they're waving vegetation. I mean, can you imagine? I really, next year, in Jesus' name, we'll, we'll have all of these in your hands, and we'll do this big revolutionary wave offering. Amen. But it is a picture of an attitude of worship, of having joy. That's what they, they were like. He raised the dead. He healed the sick. They're like, it's him. It's him. It's the Lord. It's the Lord God. He's writing. Zechariah 9. I know that text. Oh, he's fulfilling it right now. It's the Messiah. It's the Messiah. They lost their ever-loving minds. And I'm going to tell you that when you get really on fire, it doesn't really matter what your personality is like. We'll all, it'll all look different because our personalities are all different. But there will be a joy and an attitude and expression of worship that comes forth that you're grateful that you used to be a donkey and he healed you and he set you free from that stubborn heart. It's a picture of what worship should be like. Oh, clap your hands and lift them high. I don't even know that song. You know what a traditional Palm Sunday? <laughs> Wally told me it's old. Okay. <laughs> a traditional Palm Sunday song is, This is a day, this is a day that the Lord hath made, that the Lord has made. I will, I will, and be glad in it, and be glad in it. Hey, hey, hey. 
This is a day that the Lord When I was in a mandatory discipleship program years ago, uh, they would sing that song every Sunday. Uh, pardon me, sorry, every day. We had chapel every morning. On Sunday, we didn't have chapel, we went to church, and I thank God that they didn't sing that song because honestly, I heard it hundreds of times. And we didn't have an anointed uh, worship leader like, like Minister Toby. We, we just had our dear brother would get up. Well, let's worship God this morning. This is a day that, okay, so, you know, three months of that, three months of that, and I woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Didn't have the choice of staying in bed, because if I did, I would have, but I didn't. So I got up. I was a bad day. I was angry, very angry. I needed more healing. It wasn't last week. And we go, I've told the story before, but it's just funny. So we go to chapel and he says like, all right, everybody, let's worship. I said, oh, oh, <laughs> Daniel, do you need something before we start worship? I know a song we can sing. Let's sing. This is the day, this is the day that the Lord has made, that the Lord, <laughs> I will rejoice. He said, stop that. I said, can you please? Get another song. The answer was no. You'll notice it's, it's crossed out on all set lists. The answer was no. We sang it again. And this morning, this morning I was worshiping and I came across a Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir. How many of you know what the Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir is? And uh, it said old school worship. I thought, okay. I put that on. I had my headphones on. And they took this is the day and blew it up. And I was weeping in the presence of God because I realized there came a day of visitation for me so many years ago. And I realized that on Palm Sunday, it was a day that the Lord has made. Literally, he says, if, you're, if you'd only known the day, he's referring to Daniel 9. He's referring to the 490 years. He's referring to the fact that he's coming in, fulfilling Zechariah 9. He's referring to the time when this day, this day, if you'd known this day, you'd have peace. But the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the couldn't sees and the wouldn't sees and all the religious blind people couldn't see that Jesus was the Messiah who would bring them peace. They were, they were bound in their religion. And he wept over them. It's this beautiful picture of how God wants to bring an outpouring. But we have a choice. A choice to rejoice. A choice to acknowledge that he's the Messiah. A choice. They missed it. And then he prophesies that the day will come. The day will come when all of the stones will be torn down. And they'll, they'll encamp. He talks about literally an event that takes place where all of, all of the temple is pulled out. I think it's under, uh, let me see if I got this right. Mm, I don't have it here. I'll have to get that for the next service, but Rome comes around them 
and they burn the whole thing with fire, even though the, the general said, don't do it. They burn everything with fire. And the gold of the temple melts into the actual foundation stones and all around the whole temple. And what they did was they tore down the temple because they wanted the gold in between the bricks and they pried it all up. And literally that prophetic word, not one stone will be left, is completely fulfilled. So what are you saying? Please. What I'm saying is on this day, realize that you're important and that God is positioning you for a visitation. Amen. That you're here this morning on Palm Sunday and it's a good day to rejoice. It's a good day to thank God. It's a, it's, it's a good day to recognize that if he can bring peace to a donkey, he can bring peace to your situation. Who is he that even the wind and the waves obey him? And, and that God uses us to bring in donkeys. It's a, it's a beautiful picture of evangelism. Are you aware that there's moments like that? Kairos moments where time and destiny cross. Are you aware that there's moments like that? They don't come again. We, we like them to come again and they'll come differently. The children of Israel going into the promised land, send 12 spies in, 10 come back with a bad report, two come back with a good report. The 10 spanned, sped, spread, pardon me, a bad report and discouraged the entire congregation of Israel. And two, Caleb and Joshua were like, no, really, seriously, we can do it. God's with us. And it says in the book of Numbers uh, that we, we seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and so we were like grasshoppers in their eyes. It's a picture that they did not know who they were. They did not know the time. And they, they missed out on walking into the promised land. And, and then the Lord says to Moses, well, that's it then. So they're going to fall. Their, their carcasses will fall in the desert, but their children will go in. You know what happens the next day? The next day, after that, so now they're gonna spend 40 years in the desert. But the next day, they get this boost of faith. But it's really not faith, it's presumption. You know the difference between faith and presumption? Can I tell you? The difference between faith and presumption is you presume to know what God said. Faith is acting on what God said. Faith is knowing what he said and acting on it. Presumption is like, I hope that's God. Maybe, maybe it's God. So the following day, after they have discouraged everybody, now people have died. They can't go into the promised land. They're going to spend 40 years. And, and the men come to Moses and say, you know, we changed our mind. We know God's with us. We're going in. He says, well, he ain't with you now. I'm paraphrasing. He's not with you now. He says, no, really, seriously, we're going to go in. Let's take the promised land. We can do it. God's with us. We changed our mind. We can do it. He's like, you can't go in now. He's like, no, yeah, no, yes, we can. He's like, no, you can't. God's not with you. No, well, let's go. Hey, let's go. And they go and get killed. The day earlier would have been a great day. It would have been 40 years earlier. You know, it would have been not having to wait 40 years for the promise. There are days. There are moments in time. They never come again. Are you aware of that? Did you get something from the Lord? Well, I hope you were encouraged by God's word. Thank you again for listening to King's Alaska podcast. God bless you. For more great content, go to kcalaska.com and may God's face shine upon you and give you peace.